بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله ارسل الله تعالى بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا داعيا الى الله باذنه وسراجا منيرا فما بعد فقال تعالى يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون وقال يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وقال نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه واله وصحبه وسلم ان الاصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدع وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار my dear respected brothers sisters elders i remind myself and you that if we want to learn islam truly learn our religion i don't mean memorize the quran i don't mean learning as in memorizing books or you know theories and usul and masail of fiqh i mean truly connecting with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then it requires that we purify our hearts the heart is the residence it is the soil in which the seeds of islam are sown everything successful whatever it is in this life has careful preparation behind it without that preparation there can be no success no matter what the thing is a good and easy way to understand the importance of preparation is to think of a farmer who has the best seed what is the first thing he does he prepares the soil because he knows that toxic soil will kill the seed he detoxes the soil he treats it for pathogens he adjusts the ph value the the alkaline acidic value and the organic content and he digs irrigation channels and he makes fences and boundaries only when all of this is done will he plant the seed the best seed is the kitab of allah the quran al karim and the teaching of this kitab which is the sunnah of muhammadur rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wa sallam but if we want that to take root in our lives and enrich us with the fragrance of its flowers and shade us with its branches and bless us with its fruit we must prepare the soil to receive it then when we plant it it will take root and change our lives without that it will remain dry words alone and we will not feel that blessing in our lives that soil and that garden is our heart <clears throat> sahal bin abdullah ibn yunus abu muhammad al tushtari rahmatullahi alayhi who al zahabi he called him shaykh al arifin He says that when he was 3 years old he would wake up at night to watch his uncle Muhammad ibn Siwar 
praying tahajjud. Salah Tushtari spent his early years with his uncle and with Dunnun Misri, Rahmatullahi, whom they met during Hajj. Ajib, when you see the Sahaba of these people who were with them. Al Khushari, Rahmatullahi, narrates from Umar ibn al Wasil al Basri that Sahal Tushtari said, My uncle once told me, Remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who created you. He's talking to a three year old kid. See this in perspective. He's talking to a three-year-old child. He says, remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who created you. So what does this three-year-old say? He said, how should I remember him? And his uncle says, say in your heart, whenever you are alone at night, three times, without moving your tongue. Hmm? See the shurut. When you are alone in the night, say in your heart without moving your tongue, Allah is with me. Allah is looking at me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is looking at me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching me. What's the difference between looking and watching? Looking is looking. Watching is also recording. Knowing. This is the meaning of tarbiyah. Let us ask if this is something that we do with our children. Do we talk to them like this? And if we don't, then ask, why not? Why say it without moving your tongue? Because then it is your heart which is speaking. Hmm? Sheikh Wissam used to say this always. Many times they speak, do it with the lips of your heart. Eh? Because that is when you start to feel the power of the words. What does it mean to feel Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with me? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is looking at me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching me. What does it feel? Not the words. It means tears of gratitude and love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our eyes when nobody is watching. It means total freedom from all fears. It means complete acceptance and happiness with whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed for us. It means to focus only on one thing. How can we please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Nothing else matters. It means to fear and be ashamed of committing any sin no matter how small shaitan tells us it is. When I am aware that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching... I am aware of who Allah is. Allahu Akbar. So no disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can be considered small. Because it's not what you do, it is who you are doing it against. It means also that if I commit any sin, and of course we are forgetful, we do all kinds of stuff. No matter the reason, I will immediately seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's pardon and seek to have that sin wiped off my slate. No delay. What is the meaning of Allahu Akbar? This is the phrase that we hear the most often in our lives. The practicing Muslim hears this phrase over 78 or 80 times every single day. Every single day. Count the numbers in Adhan, Iqama, and this takbir out of the Salat. It comes to, and I'm talking only of the Fard. 
two sunnah of fajr and all the fard only. You add the sunnah, you add the nawafil, you add it, it's more than that. What does it mean? I don't mean the translation. We all know the translation. Allah is the greatest. So what? So what? What does this do to us? It is necessary, of course, as Muslims to have this aqidah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-akbar. What does that mean? Inside here. What does it mean? I have here this man sitting there in that corner. Mahar Okar. Mahar and I have been friends for, God, maybe almost 30 years. So when somebody says Mahar Okar, what does it mean to me? It means that I am concerned about him. I am concerned about whether he loves me or not. I am concerned about whether he likes me or not. And if I have any problem with that, then I will do whatever it takes. I will move heaven and earth to go close to him, be with him, have him love me. I know he loves me, but I'm just saying. What's the meaning of friendship otherwise? Yeah. If I'm not willing to do that, then what's his friendship? It's not 30 years on a calendar. It's a big deal. So what? What are we willing to do for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? I'm giving you the example. I saw him here, so you know, he's right in front. But I'm saying, what are we willing to do for Allah Jalla Jalalu? This is our aqidah. What does it mean? What can it mean? It means that if we are afraid, safety is, is with Al-Akbar. I have a fear. I say, Allahu Akbar, my fear must disappear. It will disappear. It means that if I need anything, I ask Al-Akbar. When I have access to Al-Akbar, why will I ask anybody else? If I need to trust somebody and rely on them, then I trust Al-Akbar. Allahu Akbar. If I need anything, I ask Allahu Akbar. If I ask anyone else, then I should ask myself, do I really believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Akbar? Because if I believe He is Al-Akbar, and what is my access to Him? What is all our access? What is the access? How easy is it or how difficult is it to access Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Rasulullah said, you want to talk to Allah? Say Allahu Akbar, khalas. You are standing in the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How difficult is that? If I am leaving that and I am running behind this person and that person, and I'm terrified and I'm confused and my eyes are going left and right and what not, then I have to ask myself, do I really believe in my heart that Allahu Akbar? So let us do what the Sahaba did. Call on Allah, Allahu Akbar. And beg Him for protection and help. If you relied on a person and they left you, seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Al-Akbar, because He will never leave you. He will never leave you. Seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who opens his door for you and he will never let you down and he will never shut his door on you. It is he who descends to the first heaven every single night in the last third of the night and he calls and he says, is there anyone who calls me? Is there anyone who seeks my forgiveness? Is there anyone who needs anything? Is there anyone 
who seeks my protection do we answer or are we sleeping who is allah al akbar think of your best friend your absolutely top best friend and keep that person in mind and ask yourself how long will it take for you if you go to him again and again asking for things how long will it take before this best friend is going to stop answering your calls he's going to start hiding from you how long with human beings believe me it always happens it will happen with your own brother blood brother it will happen with your own father and mother without exception the only exception is allah jalla jalalu allah never gets tired of anyone who asks the more you ask the more allah loves you the more you beg him the more allah loves you allah never gets tired we get tired we get tired of making dua the first time i did hajj in 1997 i remember in, in arafat i stood there dua of arafat is accepted so i'm standing there my hands raised up and i have all the i don't even remember now what all i mean all kinds of stuff which i wanted and then of course the, the duas of people they please make this dua for me that all of this whole list i'm asking yalla 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 i finished all that my throat is dry i'm done i look at my watch 20 minutes that's it i've got another 8 hours ahead the whole day right allah never gets tired we get tired allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never says to you like there was one little boy hmm today is a grown man is sitting here in front of me so i'm not taking his name there's one little boy when i first got married i got married i was about to say when i first got married because i got married only once so when i got married this little boy was was and continues to be my wife's nephew so at that time i think he was about 2 years old or something so whenever i came home he used to say you again he used to point at me you again huh now i'm just joking about him I mean, he didn't mean it that way i'm just my point i'm saying is allah subhanahu wa taala will never say to you you again what you again last night you asked me for this thing again you asking me you know why what is my dalil it's not just the love of allah my dalil is the quran al karim because allah subhanahu wa taala gave this advice to his nabi sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wasallam allah subhanahu wa taala said to rasulullah sallallahu wa amma as-sa'ila fala tanhar oh my nabi if a sail comes to you if somebody comes to you to ask don't turn them away he didn't say if somebody comes to you to ask you a fatwa to ask you a religious question to ask you tafsir of some ayah no whoever come and wa amma sail did he say sail has to be muslim anyone anyone comes to ask you for anything do not turn them away fala tanhar think about this this is the one who ordered his nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam to do that 
when you go to him will he turn you away will he turn you away he told his nabi not to turn anybody away even though his nabi is not qadirul mutlaq his nabi is not the owner of the treasures of the heavens and the earth his nabi has limitations on what he can give and what he cannot give his nabi is human despite that he said my nabi don't turn anybody away whatever it is and when we go to him the one who gave this advice the one who gave this hukam whose treasures have no boundaries whose power has no boundaries whose irada has no boundaries whose ability has no boundaries whose knowledge has no boundaries and we ask what do we ask what do we need for most of us what we need even an ordinary human being can give us in this life we go to allah with that and you think allah will turn you away so why don't you go why do you go to people for what what can the human being do to me help or harm he can't even help himself what can he do to me my sheikh rahmatullah used to say any time you feel powerful in the morning when you wake up try to hold what is in your belly don't go to the toilet let me see how powerful you are let me see how long you will hold that that is an indicator of how powerful you are he used to say you cannot even hold the fusla you cannot even hold the dirt in your own body which your own body created you have no control even over that and you think you control the world you think you are so powerful ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalla to enable us to understand this beautiful deen and to remove from our hearts everything that corrupts the knowledge of islam so that our hearts are illuminated with the nur of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and with the hubb of his habib muhammad al-mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam aqulu qawli hadha astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa li sa'il muslimin fastaghfiruh innahu huwal ghafurur rahim الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاه والسلام على اشرف الانبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا اما بعد سال تشتري رحمه الله عليه said it is not lawful it is not possible for the light the nur of allah's knowledge to enter a heart in which there is something that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dislikes he said it is not possible it is not lawful for the nur of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's knowledge to enter a heart which contains something that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dislikes and the dalil he gave for his statement was the ayat of surah al-araf where allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says said sa'asrifu an ayati alladhina yatakabbaruna fil ardi bi ghayri al-haqq وَإِن يَرَوْا كُلَّ آيَةٍ لَا يُؤْمِنُوا بِهَا وَإِن يَرَوْا سَبِيلَ الرُّشْدِ لَا يَتَّخِذُوهُ سَبِيلًا 
وَإِن يَرَوْا سَبِيلَ الْغَيِّ يَتَّخِذُوهُ سَبِيلًا ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمْ كَذَّبُوا بِآيَاتِنَا وَكَانُوا عَنْهَا غَافِلِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, I shall, I shall turn away from my ayat. Allah is saying this, I shall turn away from the Qur'an. Those who behave arrogantly on the earth, without a right, and even if they see all the ayat, all the revelation signs of Allah, they will not believe in them. And if they see the way of righteousness, they do not follow it. But if they see the way of error, of polytheism, of all kinds of evil, they will adopt that way. That is because they have rejected our ayat and are heedless to learn from them. When the righteous, may Allah make us among them, when the salihin hear this ayah, they fear that they are the ones who are mentioned in this ayah, who will be turned away from the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so they immediately make istighfar and tawbah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us. Sufyan bin Uyayna, rahmatullahi, in his tafsir of this ayah, he said, Allah will deprive them from understanding the Qur'an. Muhammad bin Yusuf al-Firyabi, rahmatullahi, in his tafsir, he said, Allah is saying that he will deprive them from reflecting on the Qur'an and taking lessons from it. What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say about those who do not reflect on the Qur'an? أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرَانَ عَمْ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبٍ أَخْفَالُهَا Allah said, do they not reflect on the Qur'an or is it that their hearts are locked up, are sealed? Ibn Kathir rahmatullahi in his tafsir, he said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala punished them with the terrible punishment of ignorance because they were arrogant. The terrible punishment was that the understanding of the Qur'an was taken away. I ask myself, do we make truly the effort to understand the Qur'an with the intention of applying it in our lives? My brothers and sisters, I remind myself and you, whoever allows jealousy and envy and hatred and greed and malice and resentment and arrogance and ingratitude into his heart, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will turn him away from his Qur'an. To be turned away does not mean that you will not be able to memorize. Ibn al-Hajj al-Maliki in his book Al-Madkhal, he said, I have seen a lot of mutakabbirin, a lot of arrogant people memorize the Qur'an. And they recite it beautifully. But their hearts are turned away from it. They have not been given any understanding of it and they do not act on it. It's like a stone compared to a sponge. If you pour water on that, which one absorbs water more? It's not because the sponge is stronger than the stone. It's just that the sponge has the capacity to absorb and the stone doesn't. So it's not about physical strength or memory power or anything like that. What is important is the hidden strength of ikhlasun niyyah and tazkiyatun nafs, sincerity of the intention and the purification of the heart and the soul. A heart which is pure from all that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dislikes and yearns for knowledge that can take him closer to Allah is the one which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grace and bless with the knowledge of his book and the desire to live with it. If the heart is purified from arrogance, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will open a door for understanding that he does not open for others. Is the heart, if the heart is not purified of these evil characteristics, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will prevent him from the light, the nur which can open his heart and give him a beautiful life. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah said, وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَيُعَلِّمُكُمُ اللَّهُ وَاللَّهُ بِكُلِّ شَيْنَ عَلِيمٌ 
Allah said, have taqwa of Allah and Allah will teach you. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows everything. Taqwa comes before knowledge, comes before ilm. Hidayah for the muttaqeen. The hidayah comes after the taqwa. The taqwa is a precondition of ilm. And that is why when we separated tarbiyah from ta'aleem, the nur left the ilm. And we only had dry words. Today we teach Islam like we teach anything else. And we examine students in Islam as we examine anything else. By the random access memory recall during a specific time. That's like teaching somebody all about swimming in a classroom and then examining them on what they can recall of the class and give them a certificate. Number one. Then take them to a pool and push them in and watch them drown. Because they never learned to swim. They learned about swimming. They, did not know, they didn't learn how to swim. There's a world of difference. A difference between life and death. The knowledge of the, of the believer, the knowledge of the alim and the knowledge of the believer must be visible in his behavior. And that is why Rasulullah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praised the akhlaq of the Rasul, not his oratory. He didn't say he was a great speaker. He said, ala khuluqinadi. He praised the akhlaq of the Rasul, alayhi salam. Not his oratory. He was a great speaker, but Allah didn't mention that. The first sign of true knowledge is humility, humbleness, tawadu. Knowledge that creates arrogance is the knowledge of shaitan, of iblis, who considered himself better than Adam, alayhi salam. Rabbani knowledge, divine knowledge, shows the person who has it how small and insignificant he is, so that he lowers himself before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the Al-Qayyim al-Jawziya, rahmatullahi said, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to favor somebody, he reminds him about his sins. When Allah wants to favor you, he will remind you about all the stuff you did. And that's Allah's favor because the person is saved from arrogance and the person makes istighfar over and over again. The benefit of istighfar is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts his dua and forgives him and provides him from sources that he couldn't imagine. He solves the material needs and problems and becomes sufficient for him. We have the hadith of, Ibn Daw, of Abu Dawud, uh, Abdullah bin Abbas anhumah reported that Rasulullah said, if someone constantly seeks pardon, constantly makes istighfar, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will op- appoint for him a way out of every distress and a relief from every anxiety and will provide sustenance for him from where he does not expect. My brothers and sisters, let us ask ourselves how many times we make istighfar. And let us remind ourselves that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never turn away a slave who has turned towards him. We need to turn towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah will never turn us away. But Allah will also not force us to come to him if we don't show that we want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to love us. I end with the final ayat of the Quran of how to make Allah love us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us that. Allah said, قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ فَاتَّبِعُونِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Say, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to all of mankind, if you really love Allah, then emulate me. 
ڈو لائک می بی لائک می لک لائک می واک لائک می ٹاک لائک می ڈیل لائک می ڈو ایوری تھنگ لائک آئی ڈو اینڈ واٹ ول ہیپن دین اللہ ول لو یو یو حبیب کو اللہ اللہ ول لو یو اینڈ ایف اللہ لوز یو دا فرسٹ باؤنڈری کنڈیشن اللہ ول فار گیو یور سنس اینڈ اللہ صبح از آفٹ فار گیونگ موسٹ مرسیفل ڈسائڈنگ دی آیت از ایزی ورکنگ آن اٹ از ٹف اٹس ناٹ ایزی ٹو فارگیو It's not easy to, it's very easy to tell stories of how Rasulullah forgave this one and that one and that one and this one caused him so much of pain and that one did. Very easy. Pick in your mind the person that you think has harmed you the worst and truly, truly forgive them in your heart. If you can't do that, believe me, you're not following the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I don't care what you believe. You are not following the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu If you cannot forgive in your heart, whoever you dislike, no matter what the reason, no matter what the reason, if Rasulullah sallallahu could forgive people who killed his own family, if he could forgive people who maligned him, who bad-talked him, who bad-mouthed him and did all kinds of things to try to destroy him and his life and his work, And he forgave them and no looking back. How can we claim to be the followers of Rasulullah when we cannot forgive each other? As I said, take it or leave it. This is my position. If you have in your heart dislike and hatred for anybody, no matter what they did, you are not following the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I am saying this from the member of the Rasul alayhi wa sallam. With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as my witness. Clean your hearts. Clean your hearts. And then watch how your life will transform. How you will grow and glow with the mercy and the, the, the beauty and the nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make your worst enemies become your friends. How Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you influence in places you didn't even imagine. How Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will provide you from sources you cannot even dream of. Watch it all happen. Just watch it happen. Because it will happen by itself. Allah will make it happen. Provided. There's nothing unconditional in the Quran. Nothing. Everything has a condition. And that condition is that we follow the blessed sunnah of Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jala jala to forgive all of us. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to purify us. Ask Allah to clean our hearts. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to fill them with only and only His khashiya and with the desire to please Him and Him alone. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to fill our hearts and our lives with the beauty of the sunnah of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be pleased with all of you to accept all your du'as with khair and barakah and afiyah. And to give you whatever you ask him with his grace and with afia and to add to that from his generosity and from his blessings. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cure all those who are ill. I ask Allah to cure our son Huzaifa and to bring him back here completely safe and sound and whole. Without any, absolutely no impediment and no uh, problem whatsoever. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help And to take away the pain and cure our uh, sister, the mother of our brother Hilal. 
she is having surgery tomorrow lumbar surgery i ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make that easy for her to free her from pain and to cure her completely and totally and to bring her back with her family i ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cure all those who are sick i ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive all those who passed away and to fill their qubur with noor and to bless them and to save them from the azab of the qabr i ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this for all the muslims who have died till now and all of them who will die from today till the day of judgment free them from azab al qabr fill their qubur with noor make their qubur big may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from that which we know and that which we don't know we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us in ways that only he understands wa sallallahu ala nabiyil karim wa alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in ya ibadallah rahimakumullah inna allah ya'muru bil adli wal ihsan وَإِتَاءِ الْقُرْبَى وَإِنْحَانِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ وَالْبَغْيِ يَعِظُكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَذَكَّرُونَ اذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ يَذْكُرْكُمْ عُذْرُهُ يَسْتَجِيبُ لَكُمْ وَلَا ذِكْرُ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ مَا تَصْنَعُونَ أَخِي مُسَلَ